Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the moment of deliverance. This is your host and founder, Apostle Dr. Myrtle Johnson. Welcome to Anchor Podcast on this evening. Glory to God. Thank you for chiming in, whether you're driving down the road in your vehicle, whether you are at home with your feet propped up, whether you are in your place of employment, no matter where you are, thank you for joining in for this moment of deliverance. Glory to God. I'm going to talk to you on tonight about overcoming adversity and the importance of hanging in there just to see what the end is going to be. Glory to God. You know, one of the hardest things in the life of a believer is to overcome adversity, overcome struggles, overcome hardships, those types of things. If I was to define for you on tonight, what is adversity? Adversity is difficulties or misfortune. That could be anything that you may be dealing with as a believer. It could be health issues. It could be job issues. It could be um, ministry issues. It could be issues in your family. It could be all sorts of issues. Difficulties, misfortune, overcoming adversity. That's what we want to talk about a little bit tonight about. Um, When we think about that, we think about the fact that Jesus too had to overcome adversities. Adversity, difficult times are inevitable. Everyone at some point in time in their life is going to go through a difficult time, a difficult moment. But one of the things as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have the faith or we can have the faith to know that God is going to work it all out for us. And we just stay that test, go through whatever that adversity may be with a positive attitude, knowing that he is the risen savior and that he's going to come through for you. In Psalm 27 and one, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Even in the times of adversity, we can look to the hills from which cometh our help, knowing that our help comes from the Lord. Knowing that he is our salvation, knowing that he is going to save us, that he's going to bring us through, he's going to bring us out. The Bible says, whom should we fear? Should we fear negative reports? Should we fear what man may say? Should we fear what's going to happen on tomorrow? The answer is no, because the Lord is the strength of our life. Glory to God. So we don't have a reason to be afraid when adversities hit, when um, difficult times hit, because we know that we have a Savior that is going to come through for us. In the book of Isaiah 41 and 13, the Bible says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and say to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Have you called on the name of the Lord and have you asked him to help you in the midst of that difficult situation? Have you asked him to hold your hand to lead you and guide you? You know, even on this past weekend, we we were talking about faith. We know that according to Hebrews 11 and 1, the Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Yet it is the evidence of things that is not seen. We know that God is a reward of those that diligently seek him. But are we diligently seeking him? In the midst of adversity, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of those perilous times, are we diligently seeking him? Or are we turning to other things? Are we turning to other sources other than the true and the living God? He says, I'm your strength. That's letting you know that you can lean on him. You can depend on him. And you can trust him no matter what it may look like, no matter how it may feel, no matter what the report said, we can lean and trust on him. And he said he's going to hold that right hand. That's the arm of strength. That's the arm of power. Glory be to God. He says, I'm going to hold that. He said, so you don't have to be afraid. I am going to help you. He didn't say that he might. He didn't say that he'll think about it and get back with you. He said, I will help you. Glory be to God. I'm encouraging every listener out there. If you're dealing with anything right now, allow the Lord to help you. 
So oftentimes we want our friends to help us. We want our coworkers to help us. We want others that we know to help us. Our, our sisters in Christ, our brothers in Christ. We want them to help us. But the Lord said, I will help you. He wants us to lean and depend totally on him. Glory to God. We thank God for support systems, but he is the ultimate support system. In 1 Peter 5 and 7, it says, cast all your anxiety, whatever it may be that you're afraid of, whatever it may be that is worrying you, whatever it may be that is troubling you. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast it all on him because he cares for you. He's the one that is making intercession at the right hand of the Father on behalf of you. He's just waiting for you to give it all to him. He's waiting for you to give that opposition to him. He's waiting for you to give that thing to him that's stressing you out. All of it. Give it all to him. Just because he cares for you. Psalm 56 and 3 says, When I am afraid... I will put my trust in you. What exactly is fear, people of God? Fear is false evidence that appears real. The Bible tells us that when that false evidence that is appearing real present itself to us, that adversity present itself before us to put our trust in him because he cares for us. Put our trust in him knowing that He's going to deliver us. Glory be to God. Matthew 6, 25-27 says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither soar nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Tonight, I just stop by to encourage you, right here by way of podcast, you don't have to be anxious about your life. You don't have to be anxious about how your needs are going to be met. You don't have to be anxious about what's going on with your body. Matthew's telling us, isn't it more to life than just food? Isn't it more to the body than clothing? It said, look at the birds of the air, how they fly to and fro with no cares, no worries, no frustrations. They neither soar nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father, my heavenly father, he feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to this span of life? When adversity hit your life, why be anxious about it? Why worry about it? Worrying is not going to add not one single hour to this span of life. I encourage you on tonight to continue pressing towards the mark, which is the high calling of Jesus Christ. In spite of the opposition, in spite of the adversity, in spite of the trouble, in spite of the letdowns or mishaps, keep pressing towards the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus and as you cast those cares on him he will take care of you Psalm 121 1 and 2 I'm going to leave you with this on tonight it says I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. I don't know what you're lifting up your eyes to on tonight, but I just want to encourage you to lift up your eyes to the hills. Look up. Stop looking down. Stop looking at the situation that 
you're in right now as if it is the end. It is simply a stumbling block to your greater. Even in the midst of adversity, God is still with you. Allow him to lead you, guide you, and orchestrate your steps. Even in that scripture, it says, where my help comes from. You need to know where your help comes from. Your help don't come from medication. We thank God for medication, but your help comes from the Lord. Your help don't come from money. We thank God for money, but your help comes from the Lord. Your help don't come from your friends, your family. We thank God for friends and family and loved ones, but our help comes from the Lord. He made the heavens and he made the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means that everything that you need, God has already supplied it. Learn to embrace him. Learn to fellowship with him. Learn to love on him. In the midst of trials, pray more. In the midst of adversity, read your word more. In the midst of struggles, pray more. In the midst of difficult time, read your word more. Read your word more and pray more. Those are keys that are going to unlock your kingdom blessings. Until next time, you all do be blessed. Once again, this is your host and founder, Apostle Dr. Myrtle Johnson, coming to you by way of Anchor Podcast. Join me weekly, Tuesdays and Thursdays of each week, right here on Podcast Radio. Also, if you are in the Mechanicsville, Virginia vicinity, you are welcome to join us at the home of Grace and Mercy Outreach Ministries, where my overseer and founder is Apostle Keith Johnson. We are located at 6701 Cold Harbor Road in Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23111. Also, the first Saturday of every month at 10 o'clock a.m., is the Apostolic and Prophetic Mentorship Program. It's open to prophets, budding prophets, apostles, any of the fivefold ministry, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Glory to God. And then at 1 o'clock p.m. every first Saturday of the month, that is when we have the Free in Christ International Women's Fellowship, which is a ministry that is on the move, helping hurting women heal, and become whole. If this podcast blessed you on tonight, I encourage you to hashtag and share with someone. Let them know. You can find Apostle Dr. Myrtle Johnson on Anchor Podcasts every Tuesday and every Thursday. The name of this podcast is The Moment of Deliverance. Until next time, remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God, our Father. Do be blessed. Oh, victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Him. Who can stand against the King? No one can. No one will. stand against the king no one can no one will oh 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 victory belongs to Jesus victory belongs to Jesus, victory belongs to Him, oh, 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 victory belongs to
Yes, we put our hope in you. You're a provider. I find my brother. I find my victory in you. Forever victorious. Forever we win. I find my victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father God, it is in the mighty name of Jesus that we come on this evening, Lord God, with thanksgiving in our hearts. God, we just come on this evening to learn more about your word. We ask you now, God, on tonight that you would come in and sup with us right here by way of the phone line, God. I pray, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that even as your word go forth on tonight, that it will fall on receptive hearts, on receptive minds, God, on receptive soil on tonight, that it will grow and that it will germinate, Father, and bring us all to even a greater place of maturity. God, I thank you on tonight that you're opening our understanding even the more, that as we learn more about you, God, that we can live in a place of victory. We thank you on tonight, God, that even as the psalmist sung the song that we listened to, that victory belongs to Jesus, victory belongs to him. God, on tonight, because we are heirs of the kingdom of God, we thank you that victory also belongs to us. We decree it and we declare it by faith on tonight. That we are victorious in every situation. We thank you on tonight, God, that we are victorious, Lord God, in everything that we face on tonight. And God, we praise your name because you're just that awesome and just that mighty. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray on tonight. Amen and glory to God. Glory to God. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. We are on a recorded line on tonight. Glory to God. This is your host and founder, Apostle Dr. Myrtle Johnson, coming to you by way of Anchor Podcast on tonight. 
Thank you for joining in for our Wednesday night Bible study. Glory to God. On tonight, we will be discussing the importance of getting in the Word of God, that we will learn how to apply it to our lives each and every day, that we can live in a place of victory. So thank you for joining in, whether you're joining in as you're driving down the road in your vehicle, as you're joining in while you're sitting at home with your feet propped up. It's my prayer on tonight that the word will bless you, that the word will empower you and equip you to live in a place of victory. Glory be to God. On tonight, we're going to start out looking at a couple of passages of scripture. I'm going to start out reading from John chapter number one, John chapter number one. So if you have your Bibles, open it up and join in with me in John chapter number one. This Bible study came about as a result of even the Bible study that we that we heard on last week, which was talking about what knowing what church you belong to. And we tackled it from the viewpoint of the book of Revelations, chapter number one through three, where we went through to um, begin to discuss the churches that um, Jesus was letting the people know about through the Apostle John as he wrote a divine revelation that came to him by way of an angel. Glory be to God. And I'm going to be tackling the topic of knowing the importance of getting in the word of God um, simply from the study that we heard about the church of Laodicea, which was the church that was lukewarm. We know the Bible tells us that if we are lukewarm, that he will spew us out. He would have no need for us. The way that we would not be a lukewarm church is we have to allow the word of God to get into our spirit, to absorb the word of God so that we will know how to apply the word of God. It's not just enough to hear the word of God, but we've got to also be a doer of the word of God. Glory be to God. And we find that in the book of John, chapter number one. Now, this is John that is talking here. And he has given a revelation that came to him also. And he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And I'm, that's all I'm going to read from the book of John chapter number one. I'm going to read it again, just in case if somebody may be driving down the road in their vehicle and may not be able to jot it down. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. What an awesome revelation of knowing that even from the very beginning, the word of God existed. Glory be to God. Flip, if you will, with me over to the book of Matthew chapter number 13. Glory be to God. Now here in Matthew chapter number 13, we find that Jesus is talking to his disciples. Glory to God. And he's given them a parable of a sower. Matthew 13, chapter 1. And I'm going to be reading for your hearing verses 1 through verse number 23. And then we're just going to go right on into it. The same day when Jesus went out from the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him. So that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth good fruit, some a hundredfold and some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? 
He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them in it is not given. For whosoever had to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall he take it away, even that which he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fullable the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with them eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is which received seed by the wayside. But he that had received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and non with joy receiveth it. Ye hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and be becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bring forth a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And I'm going to stop right there in the book of Matthew. Here we find that Jesus was talking to the disciples and he was trying to get them to understand the importance of having a strong foundation in the word of God. He was telling them, he, he was speaking in a parable. What a parable is, is a natural revelation of a spiritual thing. Glory to God. A parable is a natural revelation of a spiritual thing. So he was trying to speak to them in a way that they could understand because he knew that if he spoke mysteries that they could not relate to because they did not understand what was being spoken unto them, he knew that the word would not fall in a place that would bring forth good fruit in their life. I'm trying to help somebody under the sound of my voice on tonight. I want you all to understand that it's not enough for us to hear the word of God if we don't understand what we are hearing. Jesus gave a parable, an earthly revelation of this thing to his disciples so that regardless of where they were in their walk with him, they would be under be able to understand what he was trying to say to them. So he used the illustration of a sower. What the sower simply was, was representative of was the person that gives the word of God out to the people of God. And he said, the, the, the sower sows the seed. The seed is the word of God that goes forth. Remember I told you all the scripture that said John gave. He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was who? What? With God. So the word had always existed even before the foundation of the man. Glory be to God. But here we find that even in this particular passage of scripture right there, he went on and Jesus was telling them. He said, many people hear the word of God. Many people read the word of God. They see, they hear it with their ears, but they have no understanding. They see it with their eyes. That means that they can read the word of God and they see it, but they still have no understanding of the word of God. 
He was telling them that. He said there's different types of, of soil that the word of God falls on. And that different type of soul is symbolic of the believers in the body of Christ. He said some is going to fall on. Look at what he says here in the word. He said some is going to fall on stony ground. That means that when it fall on stony ground, they're not going to hear and receive it in their spirit. What the Lord was wanting to say unto them. When something fall on stony ground, it do not germinate or produce a return. He went on, if you look at, I'm going to go on down to verse 18 for time's sake so we can really get through this because I want to also share with you all the importance of the word and how the word is going to be what is going to be effective in your life if you can just fall in love with the word of God. And that's what um, John was trying to revelate to the people, even in the book of Revelations, that you have to have that desire of, of your first love. And that first love is going to come, come back into play by falling in love with the word of God to the point where you read it and you get an understanding of what you read. But here we find in verse number 18, the Bible says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sowers. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is which received seed by the wayside. That simply means that sometimes we can hear the word of God and because we don't understand it. I've come to understand being in ministry for over 30 years and dealing with people all the time every day, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the church, whether it is people that you come in contact with that you just talk to about God. There's many people that want to feel like I need a deep revelation, but they have no foundation. They don't have that. Um, they have their foundation has not been built on on a place where it is solid enough that regardless of what comes their way, they don't lose focus of who they are and where they are. And here in this particular scripture right here, Jesus was telling them that when the soil is is not conducive to hold on to the word of God, you'll hear the word of God. But as soon as the wicked one comes along and begin to whisper a thing, the word that we heard all of a sudden becomes null and void to us. It don't hold weight in our life because our soil is not fertile. It's not conducive for the word of God to go and get down in us and produce good fruit out of us. We have to come to a place in God where we're not easily moved by the words of the wicked one. The wicked one is always going to be speaking because the adversary, he roams to and fro. Who is the wicked one? It's Satan himself. Who is the wicked one? The one that will come along and try to deter you, to get you off focus. Even in the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul was talking to the Galatian church and he said, you were running the race so well, who bewitched you? This is what it is talking about right here. When you can hear the word of God and as soon as you hear, oh my God, it's a good word. That word will minister to your heart and minister to your soul. It, you're like, oh my God, that word was for me. Then along comes the wicked one. And they bewitch you. They get you off focus. They get you off, off, off course. They, they take the word of God that you heard and they water it down and nullify it in your life to the point that many don't even remember the word that went forth that ministered unto them. The Bible goes on and it tells us in the next verse, verse number 20, it says, But he that receiveth the seed in stony places is the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. So if the word fall on a stony heart, that means a heart that is bitter towards God, a, a heart that is hardened in many places. We get excited about the word, but that's about it. It don't root in us because it fell on a stony place. If you look back up in the scripture, the Bible tells us that Many, Jesus was talking now, not Apostle Merle, Jesus was talking and he was telling them that many have waxed cold and they hear the word, but the word becomes of no, no avail unto them because their heart is waxed cold unto God and unto 
his word. So when we get, that's what that is talking about right there. Verse 21 says, Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while. Listen to what this says. We hear the word and we endure for a while because we forget the purpose of the word. We forget why that word came forth, why God gave us that particular word that was pertaining to our situation. But look what the Bible says right here. You hear that word and we endure for yet a little while until a tribulation comes, until the storms of life start coming our way, until the winds start blowing, when obstacles and challenges come up against us. Or look what it says, or persecution. Things start coming against us. People start arising against us because of the word of God. And look what the Bible tells us. By and now they become offended. Glory be to God. The word of God, it ought to convict us to the point that it make us want to do right by God. It, it, it's just something about the word. That word is powerful. Then a two-edged sword, it cuts going in and it cuts coming out. It breaks um, brass barriers and put asunder things that do not belong within us. But so oftentimes when that word go forth, because that word fell on a stony place, it was a hard place within us. It falls on a hard place within us. And we don't want to receive the word that God gives unto us. So we become offended. The spirit of offense, y'all, is taking over the body of Christ. Because when people hear the word of God and it convict, oh, not my sikadabashaya, and it convict them, they become offended at the messenger. Now, this is talking about how the sower gave the word. The sower is the one who's releasing the word. And so oftentimes, people get offended by the word that God released through the sower. That's what it's talking about right here. When things come up against them, they become offended. Verse 22 says, And he also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and care of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Oh God. Sometimes y'all, we can hear the word of God, but because it don't appease us, because it, it, it causes us to want to do better, but we really, it, the word of God should make us want to do better, but we really don't want to do better. We're caught up in the things of the world. This is what Jesus, this stuff y'all didn't just start. Jesus was ministering to the disciples about this even 2,000 years before we even got on the scene. He was talking to them and letting them know that this is what you're going to encounter. This is the kind of stuff that you're going to face. He was speaking to them in a way that they could understand. And he was giving it to them in a kind kind of way. I said parables is giving that kingdom Revelation, because if we can get the word of God, I'm telling y'all, you would live in victory in every area of your life. It's a guarantee. The word of God works. We can work the word when you know the word. Glory be to God. He says, but if it falls on a place where we don't receive what God's word say unto us, the everything else is going to choke out what we know about God. You know, and we become unfruitful. We don't, we're not bearing any fruit. We know Galatians 5 tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all of those good things. And self-control is right at the end of it. It says that when, we, when the Word of God don't fall on the right type of heart, y'all, that heart got to be right to receive the Word of God, to receive what God wants to impart into us. We have to stay in a place of expectation that today is going to be the day that the word is going to work for me. Hallelujah. But when we are not expecting anything from God, we're not taking the word and we're not working it. We get, you know, it says the worldliness and the deceitfulness of things that the enemy will present before us to make us think that this is more important than reading the word of God. That is more important than studying the word of God. And, and all of those things that the enemy throw before us have a way of making our life unfruitful. 
But if we don't bear fruit, we don't walk in victory. My God, 23 says, and he that receiveth seed into good ground. Listen what this says, that when we take that word and we make it personal unto us. I want to begin to challenge everyone that's under the sound of my voice is going to listen to this audio, whether you are on the, the live class or whether you're going to go back at a different time and, and hit that repeat button in Anchor Podcast and hear this word all over again. I want to challenge you to begin when you go into a worship service and the sower is releasing the seed into your spirit. Rather than saying, oh, that word is not for me, begin to take the scripture that the sower gave unto you and ask God, how does this apply to me today, right here, right now? What can I grasp from this word right here and apply it to my life that will help me to stand strong in the time of adversity? And Jesus was making it known unto them that the word is going to be what is going to help you to stand strong in the time of tribulations when the storms of life come. If When that word has fallen on a good place and you're open to what God wants to say with you, you're open to what God wants to do with you. Look what he says right here. He says, but he that received seed into the good ground. That means when that word went forth and you took it and you said, oh, that is for me. Glory be to God. Every scripture that is given people of God is for us individually as well as corporately. There should never be a time where we say that that's not for me when the word of God is going forward. We can take that word and and utilize it, whether it is to empower us or whether it may be to share the word that we heard with somebody else. But we got to be in a position to receive from the word, to be a partaker of the word of God. And when it falls on that good ground, and look what it says, and you get an understanding of what you're hearing, glory be to God. You're not just hearing the word. You're not just sitting there listening, but you're understanding what you're being taught, glory be to God. We can be so heavenly bound that we're no earthly good because we have no understanding of the word. You know, when, when the Bible, an example of that may be when we hear the Bible says to fret not in, in Psalm 37, to fret not yourself because of evil doers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. How can that word apply to you when things come up against you? God said, you don't have to be afraid of the adversary. But when we don't have any understanding of what that word is saying, we may think that it's talking about something else, but God is letting us know that we don't have to be afraid of those that do things against us. The word of God, I'm telling y'all, it worked in every situation that you can ever in life face is something about that in the word of God. So when God tell you to be not, be, neither be thou envious against them, he said, you don't even have to be concerned about what they're doing. You don't even have to be intimidated by them. You don't even have to be jealous of the fact that it looked like they're prospering. A lot of people now is comparing the, the very power of the working of God's word to who they think is being blessed based on material things versus the spirit of God. Hallelujah. So he says right here, you get an understanding which also beareth fruit. When you understand that the word was written for you. You got to take this thing personal. This Bible was written for Apostle Merle. You else, whoever else is on this line, to say this word was written for me. This word, I can get something from this word right here that will help me to be fruitful, to be able to reproduce. That will help me to be able to advance the kingdom of God. That will help me to be able to transition. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus so that we can get our thought life under control. That our walk will be like his. That our talk would be like him. Because we understand who we are in accordance to the word of God. We know what our uh, privileges are from being a child of God. We can live in a place of fruitfulness. That we're walking according to the faith that we have in God. The Bible tells us that we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. The word of God will keep your focus on him. Hallelujah. 
The word of God will keep you in a place that when God get ready to do something miraculous for you, you are accurately positioned to receive the blessings of God in your life. Hallelujah. We as children of God ought not to be walking around like group de poop, like we're sad and depressed all the time. We know that trials and tribulations are going to come, but we have weaponry that we can use against the adversary. When he launched an attack against you, you've got to speak the word of God to the enemy. You've got to tell the enemy to release what belongs to you. You've got to tell the enemy to release what belongs to your families. You've got to tell the enemy to release your destiny in your purpose hallelujah because if the word we're hearing it but we're not understanding it we're reading it but we're getting no revelation of it the word becomes useless to us glory be to god glory be to god god said he jesus god himself wrapped in flesh he spoke it out of his mouth and he said it people are waxing cold because they have no understanding of the word there's such a famine that's it oh god i feel the holy ghost on tonight there's a famine in the land of the word of god because people are busy talking about what people want to hear glorifying worldly things but denouncing what the word of god says compromising what the word of god says and therefore people hear what they release but as soon as they hear it because they have no understanding of it 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 sounded good for the minute but when my back is up against the wall i'm not gonna remember all those big words that people are releasing jesus spoke to the disciples in an average everyday language that even the children could understand people were trying to get jesus they were trying to get the parents of the children. Get the children away from Jesus. That's Jesus. He said, y'all leave the little children alone. Let them come unto me, is what he said. Let them come. He knew that he was going to speak to them in a language that even the children could understand. Glory be to God. In this hour, that even the babies need to be able to understand the word of God. We don't have to be so deep if we have no foundation. Glory be to God. No foundation. So when the trials of life come, we turn and we go the other way. When the persecution come, Jesus said, he told them, you're going to be persecuted for my word sake. You're going to be ridiculed because you're saying God is going to do it for me. They're going to begin to call you all kinds of names because you're a servant or a child of God. The enemy will try to remind you of your past. But on tonight, God said, I canceled your past when you came unto me. And he said, I threw those things into the sea of forgetfulness. And he said, I remember them no more. Stop allowing the enemy to back you into a corner when you got all the weaponry that you need to fight him. The word of God. Are you working the word of God in your situation? If you are sick. Are you speaking healing scriptures over yourself in the name of Jesus? When your back is against the wall and you need finances, are you quoting this word of God? Are you living in a place where you pay your tithes, you give your offerings to God? It's not enough, y'all, for us to hear the word. We've got to be doers of the word. That we don't deceive ourselves. That's what Jesus was trying to get them to understand. And when you come to that place where you understand the word of God. It will bring forth fruit in your life. Jesus told them. Listen. You're going to get a return on the word. The word is your personal. The word of God is your personal investment in him. Hallelujah. It's your personal investment in him when you get up every day and you read that word it's just like you're going and making a deposit in the bank ha ah, glory to god you're going and you're making a deposit that you're able to draw from all day long all week long all year long for eternity hallelujah so why not make a lifetime investment that is always going to give you a return the word of god mm, 
oh God, I feel this thing on tonight. I'm trying to teach it, but I feel it on tonight. The word of God is not going to return unto you void, but it's going to go forth and it's going to accomplish that in which you sent it out to do. Who is it that bewitched you? Is what Paul told the Galatian church. He said, you were running the race so well. That means that they were on fire for God. That's what the Laodicea church was. They started out on fire for God. And along comes the wicked one and bewitched them. Caused them to change their mind about God and his word. Whispered sweet nothings in their ear that separated that separated them from the infallible God, the God that was able to deliver them, the God that was able to set them free, the God that was the orchestrator of their faith. That's what the job of the wicked one is, y'all. He's roaming around in this hour and he's seeking for whom he can devour. We don't want to be the one that he devour because our foundation is not strong and it's not solid in the word of God. The word of God is our defense mechanism in this hour and in this season. And you know what people got? The word of God is backed by integrity. God tell us in his word that I'm not like man that I can lie. Neither do I need to repent. If I said it in my word, then I'm faithful and I'm just to complete it. That means if God, if we can find it in the word of God, we can bank on it. It's a sure investment. It's a surety that we can pull from it and we can withdraw from it. Why? Because it is written. Somebody needs to tell the enemy on tonight. It is written that by his stripes, I'm already healed. Somebody needs to Tell the enemy on tonight, it is written that deliverance is the children's bread. So I, because I'm a child of God, deliverance is my bread. That means I can eat from it. That means that the word of God will set you free in any area of your life. The word of God will root out everything that don't bring God glory when you allow it to. When you allow it to. The word of God will speak to you. The word of God is the logos of God. That means that God is breathing through his word. He's speaking through his word. Hebrews 4 and 12 tells us that the logos of God is a living thing. That means we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a mute God. We serve a God that we can communicate with him and he communicates back with us. It says the logos of God is a living thing. Look what it says. And it's active and more cutting. Mm. Somebody better hear the Lord on tonight. It is more cutting than any sword with double edge penetrating to the very division of the soul and the spirit joint and marrow. Scrutinizing the very thought and conception of the heart. That word of God will cut away everything it slices it off when you stay in the word everything that you desire that's not like god the word will slice it off can you see the word slicing as you're reading the word the word is taken away cutting away everything that don't honor god and now notice carefully that next verse and it says and no created thing is hidden from him all things lie open Exposed before the eyes of him with whom we have to reckon. The, here we find that he's just saying the word is the logos. That means he, I'm breathing it. Jesus is the logos and the logos is the living thing. Because the God that we serve is a living God. Hallelujah. The word of God is our contact with God. Glory to God. It is his contact with us. John 16, 7 through 10, and I'm just going to read a piece of it, says, he convicts us. Mm. Somebody hear what the Lord is saying. He convicts us of sin, of righteousness, and also of judgment in his word. But we have to have an understanding of his word. 
If you're reading the word of God and you're not getting an understanding, pray before you read the word and say, God, I ask you on tonight, Father, that you would give me an understanding of your word, that I would be able to take that word and apply it to my life even the more each and every day, that I can live in a place of victory. I can walk in a place of victory. I can talk in a place of victory. God, I ask you on tonight that you open my understanding so that I can understand your word. And when you read that word, the word will show us us. It shows us our our imperfections, those places in our life where we can improve if we allow God to do it for us and in us. He will show us our strength and our weaknesses. Now, there is a threefold conviction of the word. He will convict us of our union with Satan. That means he will let us know when we are in wrong relationships. He does all of that. He will convict us of things that we do that are unrighteous. That means things that we're doing that is wrong. And he convicts us because he convicts us of sin. And when we read the word of God and we never get convicted, we all get convicted. Even Apostle Myrtle get convicted. If I do or say something that's not right and I read that word, God said, you know, you was wrong. We don't need anybody to tell us the word will convict us. When we allow it to. We are recreated by his word. The word imparts to us eternal life. Glory be to God. Our minds are renewed by the word of God. Romans 12 and 2 says. And be not fashioned according to what? This age but be ye transformed. That means transfigured. That means changed. Renewed. Refreshed. By his word. That's how we get a new mindset. That's how we cause our thoughts to be subjected to the word of God. Hallelujah. The mind is renewed by studying the word of God and then by acting upon it. We are indwelt by the word. I'm going to repeat that. We are indwelt by the word. According to Colossians 3 and 16, it said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another. John 15 and 7 says, if that means that's contingent on us doing something, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, that means you got to read that word and you got to study that word. He said, if, and if you do that, you stay in my word, you let my word stay in you. Whatever you ask will be done for you. Isn't it an awesome thing to know just by staying in the word and abiding in him that he will release unto us the things that we're asking him for? The word of God will build us up. The word of God will heal us. According to Psalm 107 and 20, it says he sent his word and healed them. Jesus didn't even have to go everywhere. Everybody sick was all he did was send the word and the word did the work. Y'all see how powerful the word is? All you've got to do, y'all, is send the word to the situation and let the word work. Glory be to God. But you got to have that understanding of the word. We get to know the Father through the word. We get to know the attributes of the Holy Spirit through the word. We begin, we get to know the relationship ish, the re, the relation of the son, how the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit is one. They're the Godhead. It all comes together. When we get in that word, we see all aspects of God revealed in his word at different times, depending on what the situation was. Our faith is increased, y'all, through the word of God. The more you hear the word, The more you will grow in the word, the stronger you will become in the word. And it's one thing to to have somebody preaching to you all the time, but that should never replace your personal relationship with God of reading that word every day for yourself. Letting it get in your spirit that when the word do come forth, your soul is right to receive it. Glory be to God. We should always keep the word of God in in our heart so that we don't sin against God. The book of Psalms chapter 119, I think it's like verse 10 or something like that. 
But the Bible tells us to hide the word in our heart that we won't sin against God. Hallelujah. It's my prayer on tonight that this Bible study lesson will empower you even the more and stir up a desire in you to get the word of God. Hallelujah. Even before I open the actual live line up, just want to say, go back and read over the scriptures that I gave you on tonight and let them speak to you right where you are in your personal time with the Lord. Again, this is your host and founder, Apostle Dr. Myrtle Johnson, coming to you on tonight. We are located Grace and Mercy Outreach Ministry at 6701 Cole Harbor Road in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Air Overseer and Founder is Apostle Keith Johnson. Our worship services are every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock a.m. Glory be to God. Come out and get the Word of God. A place where we conquer the kingdom of darkness with the Word of God. If this message has blessed you on tonight, I encourage you regardless of when you listen to it, to hashtag and share it with another listener, that they can be empowered, that the desire will rekindle on the inside of them to get in the word of God like never before. Because the roaring lion is roaming to and fro in this season. And he is looking for those that are lukewarm that he can devour. Glory be to God. But when you are rooted and grounded in the Lord, he will look at you and say, not that one. I can't get that one because that one has a strong, solid set foundation. When Jesus was talking to those disciples, he gave them all kinds of illustrations of what the enemy was looking for. Don't know what type of soil you have on tonight, but it's my prayer that your soul is receptive to receive from the Lord. Join me back here next week on Anchor Podcast. Until next time. You all do be blessed. Glory to God.